Are you done? Are you done with church? Are you done with faith? Are you done with an institution telling you what to do and how to live your life? Are you done with arbitrary rules for living and having relationships and what seems like arbitrary purity codes that are disconnected from today's Mm. issues and problems and needs? Are you done with spirituality? If you're asking the question, or if you're answering yes, or if you're pastoring people who would answer yes to any or all of those questions, then maybe this is the episode for you. Welcome to Spiritual Lanyap. This is a series of podcasts that we're releasing in which we discuss topics that we're interested in, which today means that Matt and Aurelia and I, Fran, are talking about the dilemma of the duns. We, are, we three are the co-pastors of Peace of Christ Church in Round Rock, Texas, which is a small but mighty community practicing the love and doing the work of radical and total inclusion. And we happen to be pastoring a whole lot of duns. <laughs> and also, we happen to be duns ourselves, which makes doing church a really interesting game, <laughs> to say the least. So, Fran, what is a dun? Okay. I think a dun is a person who is mostly done with religion and the institution of religion, but perhaps isn't done with the person of Christ or with spirituality. That's how I would answer That's a definition. Yeah, I kind of like that. I think of the duns as those who are probably post-church and yeah. post-evangelical culture, but hopefully they're not yet post-Jesus. Right. And so it's kind of the narrow band of, of people that we often find ourselves encountering and walking alongside. And in some ways, I'm done as well when I think, you know, I could find a whole lot more sacred meaning at Old Settlers Park on a Sunday morning with my kids uh-huh. than I can in something that feels old, antiquated, and disconnected from life. Yeah. I've been a a part of this church work for um, about seven years, and we have always said from the start that everyone in our church was one step from being done with church, Mm -hmm. which explains why we stay small, I think. (laughs) And part of the reason that we wanted to explore this topic, the dilemma of the duns, is because it's been a real dilemma for us in our church, for us as pastors navigating, pastoring a church, and just in general, knowing how to reach out to the people that we think would be most interested in the type of work that we're doing. It's a dilemma. Yeah. (laughs) And ministering to duns, which we're very sensitive to, Um, is both beautiful, very deeply beautiful, and also deeply challenging. So I'm curious, Aurelia and Matt, since you guys have been part of Peace of Christ Church a bit longer than I have, what do you perceive to be some of the challenges of pastoring folks who would consider themselves done? Lots of challenges. (laughs) The two that come to my mind right off the bat are anger 
and money. <laughs> <laughs> anger and money. <laughs> There's a lot of anger in deconstruction. There's a lot of liberating, positive anger in deconstructing. Sure. Mm-hmm. I know it. I got it. I get it. But at the end of the day, is our anger productive? What's our anger doing for us? And we can kind of get stuck in a place of anger as Duns. And then the other thing that I mentioned, which was money, is it's really hard to sustain a church with a church full of Duns who, with that liberating sense of freedom, don't feel obligated to tithe in the traditional sense. And so how you raise money to sustain a church begins to look different. And I think we're still navigating that, trying to figure out what that should look like. We're living in a new paradigm as a church. Yeah, like taking authoritarianism out of church, well, then what are you left with to live on when you can't and you're like, I'm unwilling to say, well, here's how you have to live your life in order to please God, mm-hmm. in order to make it into heaven, in order to, you know, get past the pearly gates and get your ticket stamped. Um, but can, can you talk a little bit, you guys both, can you guys talk a little bit more about that anger? I heard one of you earlier when we were discussing, say the word triggered. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I wanted to add something that really resonated with me, Aurelia. When you were talking about anger, not too long ago, we were having a church-wide meeting, actually, and we were talking about the Duns, and you said something like, it would be so much easier just to burn this whole thing down, talking about deconstruction, mm-hmm. but the more difficult work is to do some building, and how do we build up? And sifting, like too. And sifting and reclaiming. So I, I wanted to throw that in there because giving language to that was really illuminating for me and it and it I felt a little guilty because I said oh my god there's there's still a part parts of me that just want to burn things down yeah out of frustration yes and anger yeah but but we're called and to yeah work well that. I would pivot off that and say so that there's always a so that if there's not a so that then it's not productive anger and so we are we are in the work of burning some things to the ground sure. so that mm-hmm. we can create something new. And I think we believe that that's the work of the kingdom of God on earth mm-hmm. is creating creating something new. I mean, it's everywhere in, in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the peaceable kingdom and the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And I know that I'm, I often will get very triggered by patriarchy. Mm-hmm. and very angry about it, but I'm angry and triggered so that I can make the world a better place mm-hmm. for my two little girls to have, to live fully and authentically in a way that I have had to struggle for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, you mentioned authoritarianism, Fran. Yeah. And we're, we're trying to do church and do this life together in a way that's non-hierarchical and has right. a flat structure. Um, and I think one of the challenges is people come from the hierarchy of, of churches and then they come to our church and authoritarianism is taken away and maybe they're not real sure how do we function then. And just a very practical example is people will come to us, come to what they perceive as the authority with ideas for implementing groups or whatever it is and we give that back to them and mm-hmm. say, please, <laughs> lend me that. Which is both a strength and also a dilemma. Sure. But because that, people have to learn how to... Exactly. So we're practicing 
non-domination right. of being together. Uh, but then we give something back to them, and they're like, uh, I, don't, I don't really know how to mm-hmm. <laughs> run with this. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. 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 Uh, other pros and cons. We were talking about right before we started, pressed record, and triggers came up. One of the pros to pastoring Duns is that Duns are very open. So we can pretty much preach what we want. We're not going to get a lot of complaints from our preaching or a lot of criticism for what we say or ideas that we introduce. But again, coming back to the triggers, people have their unspoken assumptions, the things that wounded them, and certain traditions are tied to to that reason for for becoming almost a done or a done, and I think our churches our church's evolution is really the best example in my life of seeing that those triggers play out and those triggers kind of reacting us reacting instead of acting. So a lot of what we did when we first built the church was in reaction to mm-hmm. a tradition we had left behind. Mm-hmm. We didn't want any music that rep, that came close to what might have been called contemporary. We didn't want um, prayers that were just... Extemporaneous. Extemporaneous, (laughs) yeah. We wanted, you know, we really focused on written prayer. It was very extreme because a lot of us were reacting to something. Mm -hmm. And so when Fran came in and introduced us this beautiful hybrid of modern and contemplative worship, we were ready for it because we had found that reacting all the time wasn't working Mm -hmm. didn't work but we had to work through those little triggers of drums in the service yeah so like people (laughs) reacting to having been in their past having and having spiritual trauma from Mm -hmm. being emotionally manipulated Mm -hmm. through music and through smoke machines and you know purple lights flashing everywhere (laughs) and also other people having trauma from um, like music that didn't work, that, that didn't connect, mm-hmm. and that didn't have any emotional component at all. So I've, I, like, I've seen that play out in the way that in, in people's ability to connect to the music and to the songs that we have to overcome so much trauma before we can even get to where we can sing authentically. Mm -hmm. It's been very interesting Mm -hmm. to watch over the last year and a half. And I'm very cognizant of people's, of where where a lot of people are coming from with that. Mm -hmm. So tell me more about um, what you see that's beautiful and... Um, redemptive with pastoring Duns. I see one, and that is that Duns, in my experience, are very interested in social justice. They really want to be hands and feet and not just talky talky, thinky thinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in theological terms, we'd call that they have a realized eschatology. They want the oh, kingdom that's of a, heaven. That's good words. Now. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, they want us. What difference does this make for my life now? I'm not just concerned about some afterlife. Yeah. You know, so those are really fun people to work with. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whenever, here's a bit of the rub for me. Maybe I'm jumping ahead. Whenever we can find time in their schedule to do that work. <laughs> in it our is the well. rub. Isn't that the yeah. rub, though? Because I'm thinking back to my 
previously done days when the church and the church building was the center of our life, and it consumed us, and we always made time for it, mm-hmm. and it was unhealthy. Because you had to, because if you didn't, you were going right. to hell. <laughs> right, and we were trying to move up in the hierarchy and other things like that. Um, and now we are competing in the marketplace of other wonderful ways of making meaning in people's lives. Mm. You know, community, sports teams, all, all kinds of things. So maybe finding time for this stuff can be a challenge. It's a huge dilemma. Mm -hmm. It sure is. Of how to contribute beauty and to help people into an experience of presence and of spiritual wholeness in life. Mm -hmm. When we freely, freely admit that we do not have the corner on the market on spiritual experience in our church or any church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very, it's a very liberating feeling. And that's the beauty that I see most when I pastor Duns and I'm around Duns is that liberating energy of feeling free to question, feeling free to throw off what doesn't work, feeling free to um, just have doubts and mostly free to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have... You have to prove yourself. There's there's no judgment. We are where we are in our journey, and we're honest about it. And if we hit a speed bump, we just call it out. If we mess up, we just say we're sorry. <laughs> we're just there's a lot more honesty uh, with with the Duns, and a lot of that I think is because we're we're learning how at this rapid speed to let go of shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have shame and guilt, what's the fear in being honest? You know? Yeah. Um, Matthew, will you, you had mentioned a book and some research that you had pulled up. Oh, that was so interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, the Barna group has done some good research on those who are duns. There was a book called unchristian that I read, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. There's other research that's come out. I was just reading an article recently that listed several reasons that people are done with church. I'll just name these off and we'll pick up whatever, wherever we have energy around one of them. Number one, churches seem overprotective. Number two, young people experience Christianity as shallow. Number three, churches come across as antagonistic to science. Number four, young people's church experiences related to sexuality are often simplistic, judgmental. Number five, they wrestle with the exclusive nature of Christianity. And number six, the church feels unfriendly to those who doubt. Hmm. I know we've touched on several of these all already. But, um, and that's their research saying why folks are leaving mm-hmm. the institutional religious. Those are some of the reasons, and these were around young people in particular. Mm-hmm. I resonate with mm-hmm. pretty much all of those. <laughs> And we all often we, we say, do, yeah. <laughs> if Peace of Christ Church didn't exist, we would probably be done too. But for whatever reason, for a multiplicity of reasons, we are still at it. Mm-hmm. We are still at it and pushing back against those six things that you just mm-hmm. read. Right. In defiance of them. In defiance mm-hmm. of them and in spite of them. And I... I was telling you guys this earlier as well, but the, our motto kind of from the beginning has been think deeply, love widely. And I 
when Matt was reading those to us, I just thought, wow, we didn't intentionally do this, but we're sort of pushing against challenging those things with the paradigm we're trying to create. So when we say think deeply, we're, we're saying you have permission to ask any question, to challenge us, to doubt. You have permission to engage your faith, your faith with your brain. Mm-hmm. And when we say love widely, we, we're, it's, it's a radical thing. We're saying to you know, cast your nets wide and, and deep and include everybody. There's no one in, no one out, just radical inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so when you think of faith in those ways, those things that he named... To include doubt. Right. To include Those doubt. things that he named wouldn't hopefully wouldn't exist in our church. Right. In our church. We hope. That's at least what we're... <laughs> yeah. We don't have all the answers. Right. <laughs> So what gives me a lot of energy around all this is we have the opportunity to do what um, the child psychologist, Alice Miller, says is to return the person to themselves when somebody's experienced trauma. Mm, that's beautiful. They don't, in some ways, they don't belong to their own bodies anymore. They don't belong to their mm. own minds. They are so outward focused on the hierarchy, the authority, the rules. But the work we're trying to do as pastors is return our people back to themselves and their own faith journeys to -hmm. embrace all the doubts, questions, Mm -hmm. all the stumbles and bumps, all of it. Mm -hmm. So that they can own that journey with authenticity. Yeah, that is, that is what we're trying to do. Yeah. In the process we are, as we said earlier, we're burning down some things so that we can create some new things, Mm -hmm. but we're also reclaiming some really beautiful traditions that have been muddled in bad traditions and oppressive theology. Uh, So this might be a good segue into what's coming next for us, our uh, next series, preaching series, Christianese, Liberating Language That Once Bound Us. (laughs) Hallelujah. And with everything you just said, Matt, I thought of Fran's definition for sin, which is, I don't know if we've picked that as a topic yet, but... That's one example of, of sin, a very intense yeah. word. How that do we think about mm-hmm. sin. And yeah, so can you give us your definition? My of definition <laughs> of sin, which I've come to at long, um, at long thought and contemplation, <laughs> is sin is anything that impedes love and anything that impedes the image of God and us living out our full, true, authentic, authentic identity as being in the image of God. Mm-hmm. That's my. That's how I define beautiful. De- define sin. Beautiful. I I would hope that someone who calls themselves a dun, their ears might perk up when they hear sin defined that way. Mm, yeah. Mm. That's so much different from what we learned. Sin was so much, right? Yeah, it goes back to what I said toward the beginning here, which is arbitrary. What what seems like arbitrary rules, but in their context, probably had more to do with upholding patriarchy and hierarchy, right? Right, and now seem disconnected when you're done. They just don't make sense. Which, if I could throw in one other nerd piece here, please. Some of some of the um, atheist big arguments against God and Christianity is that it seems so disconnected from real life. Mm. And they're right. Which goes back to um, that perception that you mentioned that church is shallow and that faith is shallow Mm -hmm. because it's, 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 it's outside of where we 
get our hands and feel like our hands dirty in the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Aurelia, if you could say one thing to the Duns, what would it be? <laughs> if I could say one thing to the Duns, at least here in Williamson County, Texas, it would be a question. It would be, are you done with society, societal change? Are you done with politics? Mm. At least for those of us living in the South, I believe that our best bet for societal change and political paradigm shifting is through the church. The church creates the narrative in the South. The church has a lot of power. And if we leave it into the hands of the powers that be in the church, we're not going to see a lot of change in society for equality, uh, for just caring for the least of these, and for our politics to become more unified and compassionate. Compassionate, yeah. So, uh, you know, I know I understand why people might need to be away and have some healing. I have no judgment for people that don't come to church, but I come to church as someone who's practically done in every way to try and push against those, those paradigms and try and give people a space and permission to deconstruct and to change and to know that they don't have to engage Christianity in the way that they grew up thinking. Yeah, and to reimagine church, mm-hmm. the institution mm-hmm. itself, right. as more of a family. Right. Maybe. I, th- I think if I was going to say something to the Duns, I would... Ask them to give... Oh, good, because I was about to ask you next. Good. <laughs> give some real intentional thought to... If you've let go of church as a community of sacred meaning, where are you now finding sacred meaning in your life? And drawing on my experience with those in liminal end-of-life spaces, my experience has been a lot of them lament not having some kind of life-giving community. Hmm. Um, and they're sad at what they've lost if they've stepped away from church or whatever it is. And so be open to um, some kind of Christian community that, that, that doesn't practice the faith in these um, dangerous, harmful ways. Embrace some non-dualistic thinking, mm-hmm. if you will. There can be a healthy, life-giving community that is still trying to follow the way of Jesus, albeit in a very different way from how you've experienced Jesus before. Yeah. I think, you? well, I, I would, it, this is more of a comment just in general, but I, I think I'm not done because I have embraced mysticism in my life. And because, I mean, I feel like I can say pretty honestly that I'm a person who wakes up every morning hoping for an experience with the divine and I often find it. And what I've learned over the years is that um, I can often experience, have divine encounters by myself. But the most beautiful ones and the most profound encounters happen in the context of community for me. And I've just found that to be true. And I don't think I'm the only person who's found yeah. that to be true. Yeah. And so that's, for me, a big reason why I'm not done going to church on Sunday morning because I want those communal divine encounters in my life that sustain me. Mm -hmm. 
Amen. And we are so blessed. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> we are so grateful to have found community with each other at Peace yeah. of Christ Church because you can't find that kind of community, what you're talking about, just anywhere. So if you are in the area of Central Texas, we've got people who drive quite a distance to come we sure do. gather with it's us. Mm-hmm. We invite you to check us out. You can go to peacewilco.com to our website to find to learn more about us. All right. Until our next episode of Spiritual Land Yap, peace out. See you. Bye.